0: Is the otter population in danger of taking over Singapore? Well, public concern about otters has grown over the past few years, I'm sure you would have noticed, with the furry families making headlines for frolicking around the city and stripping fish ponds of koi. A lot of us have said, oh, they are so cute, but why do they do this (laughs) and get into trouble? There have also been incidents of otters attacking people. And in the last year alone, N-Parks received 305 pieces of feedback, up from 208 in 2020. Pollution and deforestation drove away Singapore's otter population in the 1970s. But as the country cleaned up its waters and reforested land in recent years, the otters came back in full force, integrating into our urban spaces, learning to navigate one of the world's most cosmopolitan cities. Today, to the annoyance of some and the joy of others, we are home to more than 10 otter romps or families well what more can be done to manage their population how can we coexist more peacefully zakir hussein singapore editor at the straits times joins us now hi zakir hi okay so first things first what's led to this growth in population
1: I think, you know, the fact that we've done such a good job in not just preserving, but helps restoring our natural environment, you know, to a better state of health. And the fact that our waterways have been cleaned up and made conducive to a return of fish species and so on, it's also seen a growth in the otter population. So we've got 10 families, but there's about 170 otters, you know, and we've seen them all around. I think one of the photos that went around was of otters joining F1 Spectators near Marina Bay in the evening. And, you know, we've seen otters. You go to Gardens by the Bay, you see otters. And they've now made their way all around the island Not just Pishanangokyo Park But Mm. at Salita and some residential estates And I think that's partly what's prompted some concern and alarm over the otters
0: Mm. Here's the thing Of course there's a whole camp of people who say We encroached upon their space Mm -hmm. to begin with and we admit that, right, as a nation, that urbanisation was the thing that led to the loss of habitat and mm-hmm. food as well, their food supply. So now they're back with a vengeance. Why should we be upset about this? Mm. What have you been hearing? <laughs>
1: so I guess, you know, otters can be tiny, cute animals, but they do cost a bit of harm. We've had the sporadic incidents of otters harming joggers or, you know, attacking pets but also taking fish and foraging gardens and residential estates for food, really.
0: Yeah, it's because we took over the spacey. That's what well, that kind well, of people say, will say. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So we did this to them, so now we have to make sh- up for sure. it. You but we've also
1: made it conducive for them to come and breed and grow. And, you know, and I think we can still coexist with otters. You right. know, it's something that equally inhabitants of our city as much as many of the smaller creatures.
0: This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. I think a lot of activists are also saying that we have to accept the reality mm-hmm. that this is an urban city now. And yes, we need to manage the population mm-hmm. of wildlife, be That's it right. otters yep. or other types of animals. Yep. But how to coexist without resorting to culling? So
1: I think culling is really a last measure. We talk about that in terms of dealing with stray cats, for instance. But you know, the efforts of activists and welfare groups have seen that maybe just sterilization operations could work just as well for cats. And maybe we could do that for otters if that proves feasible. But I think, even short of that, I think, you know, otters are not really the marauding invaders the way, say, monkeys in some estates have been. And I think what you've got to do is, like, if you're dealing with monkeys by keeping your windows shut, not leaving food out and so on, perhaps one advice that N-Parks has been giving is put in place exclusion measures. You know, if you've got fish in your garden, well, maybe seal or mesh gaps in fencing or gates. You mm-hmm. know, otters can't fly. They don't really... Climb over high fences. And they put otter proof barriers for ponds, for instance, like netting. That way the otters can't get to your koi. Mm. And maybe they won't even be tempted to as well.
0: Mm. Are there enough food sources for them in nature in Singapore at this point? I believe
1: there are. I mean, we've got so much fish back in our waterways, you know, not just rivers, but canals. And I think one of the things the otters have helped do as well is keep check on some of this fish population. You know, they're important natural predators that help feed fish, keep the population. And control. And this includes non native fish that perhaps irresponsible owners might have released in our water bodies.
0: Mm. So you see, there is a lot going on that is even beyond nature. That's a right. lot of yeah. problems that have been created by man, and mm-hmm. then there's a domino effect, right? Yep.
1: Including people feeding otters that we might not see, but yeah. it does seem to happen perhaps.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people also feel that perhaps in nature there isn't enough for the otters yep. in this environment. <laughs> so we have to do these unnatural things yep. like feed them, <laughs> you know there's lots for the otters to feed on. Yeah, so you see, I'm getting to a point where I feel a lot more education is needed on this so that people know how to conduct themselves around animals such
1: as these. Yeah, so I think that's really part of the strategy in coping with them and I think what the scientists and folks at parks have been doing is really trying to look at the situation as to whether otters in some of these residential areas are able to access their natural food sources. If they're isolated, they'll work with some of the activist groups to transfer them to another area where they might find it easier to access natural food sources. That's sort of, I guess, a welfareistic Cuban way to kind of you know, make sure the otters are where they can get food if they've been separated from their family. Mm. And at the same time, manage the encounters with humans. I think we've got to remember that otters themselves are globally, I guess, listed as vulnerable species, given, you know, that deforestation and urbanization has really affected their population in the region. And they're also very shy animals, a bit like cats, perhaps, bigger cats with sharper teeth. (laughs) But, you know, they generally don't attack unless they're provoked or they feel threatened. And I think sometimes if they see kids running to Towards them, groups trying to wield uh, knives or sharp objects at them, maybe that's when they feel threatened and might just instinctively want to hit back.
0: Mm. So again, it comes down to as long as we know how to behave around them, Mm -hmm. we can minimize incidents of conflict. Here's the thing though, social media has certainly played a big part, I would Uh say, in amplifying their presence and their actions as well. What's your
1: comment on that particular aspect of this whole otter story? I think it's similar to how when we had, you know, the isolated attack by wild boar or monkeys. I think one of the very lucky cities in the world to be actually in the midst of a thriving rainforest, right? And with a huge number of animal species that's really sharing the space with us. By and large, they coexist without incidents. I mean, we see monkeys sort of, you know, having a picnic in many of our nature reserves. They're undisturbed, except when people come and feed them. And we've kind of discouraged that. And I think many people hopefully have gotten the message, don't feed wildlife. But at the same time, I think you've got the few isolated incidents. And when they do happen, I think social media just gets all the buzz about this. I think it can't be helped. Something unusual, it's different as well. People do like reading about and photographing animals, right? We no longer use trace together so much these. These days, but if you remember, the critter on the app was actually oh, yeah. an otter swimming, exactly.
0: Right? Yes, yeah. so- <laughs> oh no, is this going to be our next mascot? Do you think <laughs> national mascot will be the otter? But this does take me back to our aim of being a city in nature. That's right, yeah. Right? So moving forward, considering some of the measures that you have mentioned, people are being advised to take, for example, otter-proof gates Mm -hmm. and things like that. What are the steps that are going to be taken in the short to medium term Mm. to ensure that we can coexist happily with these animals?
1: So I think what will be ongoing is sort of public education, not just among schools, you know, and those in the know, but maybe perhaps at the wider community level to encourage people to teach them how to to act responsibly around autists. I guess maybe even groups, you know, of residents to help bring them together and kind of deal with or detect or report otters, could also be the case that you know population studies are conducted, right? Even to the extent of microchipping some of these animals and you know identifying areas where they are. There's a lot of otter watching and otter spotting going on, and I think that's healthy. So the people know where they are and whether the population might be getting out of hand. And I guess even the possibility of some of these studies, like you know relocating them or even sterilizing them. I think some of this, you know, might be down the road in the making but i guess they are necessary steps to make sure that the population doesn't grow out of hand as well yeah so again yeah.
0: it comes back to how can we exist together yeah mm-hmm. don't try to edge one species yep. of animal out just because they're inconvenient yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for that zakir zakir hussein singapore editor at the straits times thanks for joining us The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.